Welcome to Word of Grace, a local assembly in the Berkshires. Thank you for joining us for this time in the Word. Okay, we're going to continue a little bit with the hiding place. And again, I just want to read a little bit here. In Psalm 32, verse 7 was, that, was, was one of the key verses, and this is what it says. You are my hiding place. You will preserve me from trouble. You will compass me about with songs of deliverance. Verse 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way which you should go. I will guide you with my eye. And that's a beautiful portion in the Word of God that David was bringing out. <clears throat> and he was speaking as a man, he was speaking in, in terms of faith. And because faith is where we experience, by grace, the truth of our hiding place. And faith is that, is that substance or that substantiation that takes us beyond the emotions. It's, it's one thing to experience and know the mind of truth. Other times we get in our emotions and we try in that sense to understand the truth. But faith, our faith in God, our faith in Christ, who is our hiding place, and Christ is our hiding place. The hiding place is the, the uh, type and Jesus Christ is the anti-type. He is the hiding place. We'll see a little bit later that in in Colossians 3, uh, verse 3, it says, You died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. But thank God we have a faith that goes beyond emotional knowledge. We have a faith that goes beyond that. We have a faith that holds us and holds us in its grasp when the world around us at times can be mysterious at times and can be uncertain. So there's times in our life when things, like when, when God is doing a work or we don't sense him and there's a, a sense of uh, a mysteriousness or an uncertainty, thank God that our faith holds us through these times. And remember, faith to be pleasing faith in Hebrews 11, verse 6, always has to have an object. In other words, faith needs an object to rest in. We thank God that he has given us Jesus Christ. We can rest in him and not in ourselves. Our, there is no rest in ourselves. Rest is something that we need and thank God that we have it through Christ. Not only can we rest, but we, we are hidden from all uncertainty and from all emotional things that can come at us. So faith is what is, is that that God gives us in an incredible way and it holds us even in the midst of uncertainties. 1 John 3 verse 20 says that if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and he knows all things. And thank God that we have is our hiding place, Jesus Christ. 
We can hide in him. And even when we don't know all things, we can hide in the one who does. He knows all things. And we can trust him. And that becomes, we said recently in Hebrews, the 6th chapter and the 19th verse, the anchor of our soul. It keeps us sure and steadfast. When all is moving around us and, and by sight and uncertainty, our hiding place is like an anchor. He keeps us stable. He keeps us sure. And he gives us a place to rest, to rest our head uh, in this weary wilderness. So thank God that he gives us this faith. And that's what we experience in our hiding place. We experience a faith in God because of Jesus Christ. It's a faith that holds you and I even in the dark. It holds us. And we can thank God for that. That's for sure. And the reason is, is because our source is Jesus Christ. He's our only source. He's the only one we can hide in. He's the only one. And that's why in, in Psalm 37, verse 2, we can thank God that even in our hiding place, when we need forgiveness, when we need rest, restoration to be restored back into a place of fellowship, in 1 John 1, verse 9, we can thank God that we have a hiding place. We have a hiding place, and that hiding place is in Jesus Christ. And we said recently... God has given us the same place that he rests in. Our hiding place is also a place where we can rest. And God has given us this hiding place. And that hiding place is his son. It's a place where we can rest and experience all of God's love. Uh, Romans 5 verse 5. It's a, quite a verse. It's amazing. The, and to know the love of God, Ephesians 3.19, to actually know it and experience it. The love of God. The love of God that has translated us from the kingdom of darkness and literally put us in the son of his love. In Colossians 1, verse 13, it's a beautiful place. It's, it's an unbelievably secure place place. It's our stability in these times we said recently in Exodus, uh, in, in Isaiah 33, verse 6. But turning to Colossians 3, Colossians 3, and we'll read these uh, first four verses. It says, if then you are risen with Christ, and if here, and we've, we've explained this before, the word if in the Greek has four classifications. It's not like the English word if, which means you, it may or may not be. There are four classifications for the <coughs> one little word if in the Greek Koine Bible. Here it is a first class fulfilled condition. And really it should read since you, because that's the context. He's speaking to believers, those that are hidden in Christ. So it's, there's four classifications. The first one is if and you are. The second is if and you're not. The third one is if and you may or may not be. And the fourth one is it's probable that you could be. It's possible but not probable. Here it's first class, 
fulfilled condition. It's the same thing in Romans 8, verse 31. Really? Uh, for instance, in the King James Version, it says, If God be for you, who can be against you? Really, the Greek says it just like this. Since God for you, who against you? Is God, could God be against us, hidden in the same place where he rests, right in his Son? And there's absolutely, we've said again in Romans 8, verse 1, there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ. We're hidden from it forever. It will never touch us ever again. And so if then is since, since you have been risen with Christ, it says, seek those things which are above. Look what it says. Where Christ sits on the right hand of God. He is seated there and he is in the heavenlies. He's in the heavenlies. He has conquered death. He has conquered Satan. He's conquered the world system. And he's done away with the law, all legalism. And he sits above it all. We said recently again, Sunday, that it was a picture of the ark. In Genesis 6, 1 through 11, talks about the ark. The ark rested above the waters of judgment when the flood came and the eight individuals that were in it. Eight, again we said, would speak of resurrection. And there's resurrection life in the hiding place in the ark that is a type of Jesus Christ. And it sits above all judgment. So we're to seek those things that are above because that is where Jesus Christ sits with, because he's finished the work. He's resting on the right hand of God. And the right hand of God, we've said recently, is God's complete, total, eternal satisfaction and rest. It's God's approval. It's God's power. It's unbelievable, this place that we have in Christ. And he sits on the right hand. And we're to set in verse 2. We are to set our mind, and that's what it should say, in the original, it is to set your mind, not your emotions or the affections, but we're to set our mind on things above. That means we are to understand and be taught and function in what is ours in Jesus Christ as he sits above everything. And we can hide in him and have the most incredible rest. We set our mind on things above. Look what it says. Not on things on the earth. Why? Because our life, where is our life located? It's in Christ, in the heavenlies. Far above the earth. That's our position. We are a heavenly people. Not an earthly people. We're a heavenly people. And so... It says in verse 3, for you are dead. Literally, the Greek says, you died, exclamation point. You died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. Can you imagine? That's our hiding place. That hiding place, that eternal embrace in John 1, verse 1 and 2. The word 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word with God. The Word God and the Word with, again, that word pros, P-R-O-S, it means this eternal, affectionate embrace and exchange of a love that always is between the Father and Son. And we, through what Jesus Christ putting on humanity to become our hiding place, has taken us right into that love, that eternal embrace. Verse 3 says, For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, our hiding place, our life, that's what it says, when I'm trying to live the Christian life, there's not four steps, there's not seven steps, there's not 12 steps to the Christian life. Christ is our life. We're not trying to live the Christian life. Christ is our life. And it's a hidden life. Hidden from anything that could separate us from the love of God the Father through Jesus Christ. Yes, when we do live in sin... In James 4, verse 17, to him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. Fellowship is done away with as far as experiencing the love that is towards us. But we are not in a place of functioning in our sonship to, re con to continue to receive that kind of love. Because he will never, in Hebrews 13, verse 5, leave us nor forsake us. He doesn't. So when Christ, our life, will appear, what a time that's going to be. There's a time, appear here, the better word for it is manifested. Christ, if we don't go to be with him first, and he comes to rapture us, what a time that will be. Either one will see him in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12, face to face, face to face. And... Uh, so here's what will happen. When Christ, our life, will be manifested, he's going to come and manifest himself to us in the rapture. Personally manifest himself to us. Then it says, will you also appear with him in glory? And at that instant, you and I, whether we go to be with him prior to the rapture or when the rapture comes, Christ who is our life, when he will be manifested, the fullness of who we are in him and who he is in us. When he is manifested, look what it says, then we will be manifested with him in glory. Wow. Romans 8, verse 18 says this, For I reckon, I count it all up, every single thing in this life that I have gone through, and this period called time is not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us and on us. Think about that. Why? Because we're to look at the things that aren't seen. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18, we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things that are not seen. We may not see them by sight, but are they real and are they certain according to faith? You know, faith in our hiding place, that's the place where God meets us. This is where we meet the love of God in us through Christ. God is already waiting to meet us there continually. 
and our faith meets him there. These things are reality and they're true as far as God is concerned and as far as our faith and dependence is concerned. We can stay hidden in a love that will never, ever, ever leave us nor forsake us. We are hidden in a love that will never, ever condemn us. We are hidden in the son of his love, we said in Colossians 1, verse 13. We are hidden with him, far above everything. And when he will be manifested in fullness, we will be manifested with him in glory. What an amazing thing. Listen, as to our life right here, all things are passed away. That's what we said recently in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. We hide in that that is new continually. It's, and Christ is our life. And the fact is, is that we have died with him. We said that uh, Sunday. We've died with him. We died with him to sin, to the old sin nature in Romans 6, verse 6. And now we literally are alive to God in him. Think about that. God sees us as absolutely alive with the very life that his son is. That's how he sees us. Every moment of every single day. Doesn't matter. And maybe we will struggle like in Romans the seventh chapter. When in 40 times it's I, me, myself. And all we can come up with like that one in Romans the seventh chapter, I, me, myself, and all the end of that can be is a wretched man that I am. Is that, is that how God sees us? A wretched man that I am? No, but that's how we'll see ourselves when we don't know how hidden we are in Christ. That's right. And Satan will do everything he can to get us to live in the lie that truly we're not truly that hidden in the son of his love. And so the emphasis will be I, me, myself. Forty times. And all you could come up with, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of sin? He gets the answer. He comes right back to it. He's trying to apply the life that is his, that's hidden in Christ, through performance and through works and through legalism and the law. But we're hidden from the law. We hide in the one who in Matthew 5, 17 and 18, crossed every T, dotted every single I about the law. And in Romans 10, verse 4, Christ is the end of the law. Legalism, performance, doing. For to them that believe, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. We're perfectly righteous in him. We hide in a righteousness that's perfect. We stand in a right relationship with God, not based on performance, not based on what we do and what we don't do, but based upon Jesus Christ, and he has given himself to us as a hiding place. He's not only dealt with everything, we said again recently, that could condemn us. Everything that could condemn us and come between God and us, he condemned in his body 
on the tree in 1 Peter 2, verse 24. He was the just in 1 Peter 3, 18, dying for the unjust that he might bring us to God. He brings us to God hidden in him. And we have a hidden, intimate fellowship with him any time we desire it. And even if there was sin and we fail, we simply name it and confess it in 1 John 1, 9. And then we enter into the springboard of instantaneous grace rebound. Literally, we fell. And even as we're falling, we can confess it and spring right back into the experience, the truth of the experience, that we truly are hidden in him and nothing can separate us from the love of God. We said in Romans the 8th chapter, first verse, it says there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ. We're hidden from it. And if you can't condemn me, and you can't in Christ, then you can't separate me in Romans 8, 35 to 39. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Not a thing. And that's God's viewpoint of us. And it's a wonderful place to be. So here we are. It's so perfect what we have that, that instantly, instantly, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7 says that we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by absolute dependence upon Christ, our hiding place, and not by our feelings or our emotions. Our feelings and our emotions change. The reality is Faith, remember we said faith has to have, have, have an object, and that object is Jesus Christ, and he never changes. Malachi 3, verse 6, I am the Lord your God, I change not. Could God the Father change his mind ever about the love that, he's had, that he has for his Son? And we are hidden in him, and could he ever change his mind about us for anything? And by the way, anything that could change his mind has been dealt with by God through Jesus Christ. He doesn't change. He does not change. Change. Hebrews 13, verse 8, Jesus Christ the same. Yesterday he loved me, today he loves me, and he'll love me forever. Nothing can come between us. Nothing. So Christ is, we are standing in Jesus Christ. And what do we have? We, the flesh may be in us, but it's not of us. We're not of it. The flesh is in us, and God uses it to humble us and bring us continually to the place where we're hidden. We're hidden from every single thing. These are things that we have to learn. We have to learn continually what it is to have died with Christ. It's, a pa it's past tense. We are dead. What is the thing that, that gives us deliverance? It's our hiding place. That, keep, that keeps us in the place where the truth is, is that we are delivered. Because what delivered us? Did Jesus Christ die for us? Did he? He did. That's deliverance. The fact that Christ died for us and the fact that we died with him, we are delivered, by the way. 
God sees us as absolutely justified, remember? Justified in Romans 3, verse 25, Romans and 26, and then Romans 4, verse 25. We are justified. We're totally justified. It's an amazing thing to understand. We are completely free from all guilt because we have the one who is our life who has dealt with it all. We don't have to deal. We don't have to deal with anything that Jesus Christ has already dealt with. That's why it's called the finished work. John 19, verse 30. He finished it. Job 23, verse 14. He performs the thing that he requires. He's not relying on us. We simply receive the performance of Jesus Christ, what he's, who he is and what he's accomplished on our behalf. And it's quite a thing. Colossians 3, verse 3, where it says, You died and your life is hid with Christ in God. It's teaching us that you and I have been positioned in Jesus Christ. We are hidden with Christ in God. What a thing. And on that foundation, and that foundation needs to be laid solidly in our thinking. That when Christ died, everything about the old died with him. That's right. That's why the moment you and I received Jesus Christ as our Savior, we did not have a past. Why? Because in 1 John 5 verse 11, and in John 17, verse 3, we have eternal life. And eternal life means that it had no beginning and will have no end. We have a life, and that life that's eternal is Jesus Christ himself. We have no past. There's no sense in trying to go in and deal with it. Something that's dead and buried and gone as far as God's view is. And so many struggle with that because they don't understand or have never been taught that you and I have been delivered from a past, from everything. From, and by the way, when Christ died on the cross, he not only paid for sins, first of all, he crucified the old. You know that old man, that one that got hurt? The one that possibly hurt others, the one that has been crucified as far as God is concerned. He's been crucified. And what he did, or what he did, sins have been dealt with and removed through the death of Jesus Christ. He now is our life. That's right. We're not trying to live the Christian life. It's, we've said before, it's not hard, it's impossible. Try and live apart from Christ who is our life. There is no life apart from him. There's not a, a drop of it. But on the, that foundation that we've been crucified with Christ, we're brand new in him. That's the foundation that the Holy Spirit will begin to manifest the truth of who we are in Jesus Christ and who he is in us. But that foundation has to be laid. That's what Paul, he called himself a wise master builder. He was wise and a master builder because everything 
he had, he received from Jesus Christ for himself and for us. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10. He's a wise master builder, but we're to be careful. In 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11, how, we, how whatever is built upon that foundation, it better be the truth of who Christ is. That's why it's imperative to continually receive right preaching and teaching about Jesus Christ, who he is in us and who we are in him. It's very, very crucial. So, we may not remember the promise that Jesus gave in, Re in Romans, uh, Revelations 3, verse 21, about overcomers. We've overcome in him. We may not have overcome everything experientially here. We may not. But one thing is for sure. We have been delivered. That's a, that's a sure thing. Because the death of Christ is the proof that we have been delivered from all. The death of Christ is the proof that the old life doesn't exist anymore in God's sight. Christ is our life. We're to only know ourselves after who we are in Him, who is our life. It's eternal life. And so thank God that we have that. Thank God that we died in that particular place where we were held in bondage. We were held there. But that is gone, buried and gone and done away with forever and ever. Christ why? Because Christ has died for us. Yeah, that's right. He's for us. He's for, he was for us in his death, and he's for us as our life. He's our life. So, as far as God's concerned, everything is settled. Isn't that interesting? That's right. As far as God is concerned, every single thing has been settled. The question with God that you and I might have, and we may have them, and we do, has been settled. Proof? Christ died, and he's our life. That's right. He's dealt with it all. Every question is settled. I am not in the flesh. You are not in the flesh. Romans 8, verse 9. You are not in the flesh. Romans 8.8 8 says, those that are in the flesh can't please God. Romans 8.7, the, the, the flesh is enmity, strong, subtle feelings of hatred against God. But Romans 8.9 says this, listen to what it says, you are not in the flesh if the Spirit of God dwell in you. You ever try and deal with your flesh? Oh, there's all kinds of programs steps, books in the Christian aisles of how you should deal with the flesh. Listen, you and I aren't in the flesh. Why deal with it? Is Christ our life? Is any of our flesh in him? Is he our life? He's dealt with it all. So again, with God, the question is settled. We are not in the flesh at all. We are not in the standing of a child of Adam, the first Adam. Our place is in the second Adam. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. 1 Corinthians 15, 47. We are in 
the second man, the second Adam from heaven. <laughs> Where did he come from? He came from heaven. Right? That's why John said in John 3, verse 27, a man can receive nothing except it come from heaven. Ah. And he came, and boy, can we receive everything of who he is and what he's done. Thank God. We just thank God for that. Especially in these times that we live in. Listen, we are in Jesus Christ. The judgment of God has declared you and I in Jesus Christ. Isn't that interesting? I mean, that's his de declaration. That's his view of us. Do we have the same view that he does? Are we trying to deal with what's already been dealt with? Listen, we have an awesome hiding place. He is the truth. He's full, in John 1 verse 14, he is full of grace and truth. And he wants us to hide in that and not another thing. As long as we hide in him, function in him, receive from him, we will always experience grace and truth. Grace is not grace without truth. Truth is not truth without grace. And both are one and the same in Christ Jesus, and he is our life. He's our life. And thank God, that's what the judgment of God has declared. He has declared you and I delivered through the death of Jesus Christ. And now we live before God the Father in a perfect standing, in a right relationship through Jesus Christ. That's what's ours. That's the hiding place. That's every single type. The cities of refuge, all through the Old Testament, all through the Psalms. That is, it was a city of refuge, a place of safety, security, quiet from all fear. That was a hiding place. That's what David said. You are my hiding place, God. And what he was saying is, I thank you, God, that you are my hiding place. And guess what? He said, and you will compass me about with songs of what? What was the songs he was being sung? Deliverance. <laughs> You're delivered. Are you fearful? You don't have to. Why? You've been delivered from it. Who delivered you from it? The one who loves you. 1 John 4, 18, there's no fear in love. Listen, there is no fear in the son of his love. And you and I have been placed in the son of his love. Is there any fear in the relationship? Is Jesus Christ sits on the right hand of the Father? Is there any fear in an exchange between the Father and the Son? No. And where are we seated? Right in him. And when we function in him, and when we grow in him, and learn in him, and we have to learn in Philippians 4.11, and whatsoever state, our standing never changes. Our standing is the same thing as our position. That never changes. That's what God is saying. I'm the Lord your God. I change not. My view doesn't change of you. Doesn't. Can't. You're in my son. And when I see my son, I see you. And when I see you, I see my son. And there's nothing but love for us. Constantly. So thank God for that. As we begin to wrap this up on this part of the hiding place, we can thank God that that which you and I were hopelessly struggling in and struggling against 
has been crucified and removed. And everything that we struggled against, that that produced the sins, have been removed in Psalm 103, verse 12, as far as the east is from the west. So far has he, it's not what we do, it's not a program, he removed us from us. He did it. How? He did it through Jesus Christ. We hide in the one who has dealt with it all. The old eye of my corrupt and sinful nature has been dealt with. Thank God for that. And not only that you and I have received this incredible divine life, thank God that we have it, but it's life in power. The life that we have is powerful. Think of it. He created everything. He spoke it. That's power. He's our life. We have this incredible power in Christ. Thank God that we have it. Thank God that we died with him and that our standing is in Jesus Christ. Thank God. Our state is equal to our condition. That's why we teach sanctification again. Once you've been justified through Jesus Christ, paying for crucifying us, receiving that fact, and the fact that he paid for all of our personal sins, we are justified or cleared from all guilt. Then we begin, at that moment that, that we were justified and positioned in Christ, we were sanctified positionally, set apart from the old that was dealt with and set into the brand new. And now we are beginning to grow in 2 Peter 3.18 in grace and knowledge. We have to grow in grace first and knowledge. You can't separate them. He is making us, and this is sanctification, He's making us to become what He already made us to be. He is making us to become in time, on earth, in our present condition or our state, what He already made us to be in eternity past, in our standing in Christ, in His view, in God the Father's view. He's making us to become that in time. What an awesome thing that is. What a place to hide in, as we've said, especially in these days that we live in right now. It, and, and again, it's not that the flesh is not in us. It is. It's not that the flesh is not in us. But the fact is, is that you and I are in Christ. We are in the Spirit, Romans 8, verse 9. We are in Christ. How? It is consequent upon you and I dying and rising with him and we have gone up with him and when he rose we went up with him beyond sin beyond death beyond the flesh beyond judgment and now he's given us the spirit the holy spirit he is called the comforter he wants to comfort us in john 14 verse 16 in john 15 uh, 15 26 in john 16 verse 7 he is constantly comforting us in Christ, our hiding place. He's constantly revealing to us the truth of our hiding place, who we are in Jesus Christ. He's given us the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit in John 14, verse 17, is called the Spirit of Truth. The truth about how hidden we are 
in Jesus Christ. And thank God, very soon, what an amazing thing to consider, that we died. Our past, we don't have it. You can't even say my past. Nobody can say that. You can't say it. Because he dealt with it. No, it's not my past. No, you don't have one. The moment you and I receive Christ, he obliterated it. The only counsel we, we should receive is who we are in Christ. Because, by the way, he's our life. We have life. We have the very life that Christ is. He's our life. And thank God for that. And then we'll close with this. We have this life that's hidden with Christ in God. Wow. In Him. See, let me see. God, what can you condemn yourself for? Hmm. Nothing? No. Why? I am perfect righteousness. Really? That's right. Is Jesus Christ our perfect righteousness? Yes. Is He God? Yes. Our life is hidden with Christ in God. That's why in 1 John 5, 18, we said that Sunday, the wicked one touches us not. When you and I operate in faith, dependence upon who Christ is and what he has said about us, he can't touch us. He cannot touch us. Because then we have the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, constantly comforting us with the truth of who we are in him who is truth. Imagine. What an amazing thing to consider. And then when Christ, our life, who is, is italicized here. It's italicized in the King James Bible. Really, I believe it should read just like this. When Christ, our life. When Christ, our life, will be manifested. Oh, did you know there's coming a time when he's going to be manifested? He will either... He will either take us out of this world before the rapture or at the rapture. But then the one who is our life will manifest the fact that you and I have that glory. That's why Colossians 1 verse 27, it says Christ in you. Can you believe? Okay. We're hidden in him, aren't we? We figured... We figure that out by God's grace through the Holy Spirit. We are hidden in Christ. You know he's hidden in us? That's right. The world may not know us. Who cares? The world may not recognize us. That's because Christ is hidden in us. Isaiah 45 verse 15. God hides himself from the pride of men. But yet Christ is in us. Christ in you. Think about that. And when we read that, we should read it very intimately and personally. Christ in you, the hope, and hope there's guarantee. Christ in you, the guarantee of glory, and he's bringing it again here. When Christ our life will be manifested, then you and I will be manifested with him in glory. What an amazing thing. Awesome. So, Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the word. We thank you that we are so hidden in Christ, in you. Nothing can touch us. And the only place that we, we struggle 
and you still don't know us after our struggles. You don't. And we already have been delivered in Romans 7, verse 25. And when we experience that we are in Christ in Romans 7, verse 25, and don't live in the 40, I, me, myself, <laughs> apart from him, trying to perform what has already been performed and done for us. We're in Christ, and when we function like that, you can't condemn us. Nothing can condemn us, and nothing can separate us. In Romans 8, 1 through 39, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening in. We hope you were blessed and God was glorified. Feel free to go to our website at awordofgrace.org for daily posts and teachings.